Welcome to Skills for Life, a podcast about high-demand jobs that are shaping future opportunities. This show is brought to you by the North Shore Schools Foundation. I'm Kira Dorian, your host and a North Shore mom. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Kira. Welcome to Skills for Life. I wanted you to know that this conversation with Julie Bacon and Kelly Reed was so comprehensive that we actually decided to split it into two parts. This is part one. Make sure to check out part two to get to listen to the entire discussion. Today, we have got a very special show for you. We're actually recording this episode in a fantastic space. Normally, I'm in my tiny home studio and my guests are in their offices or their homes. But today, we are at North Star Studios in Bothell, Washington. And I want to give a huge shout out to our producers today at Element 7 Productions. So when we started the show, we did it so that our students and our parents could get inspired by all the incredible career opportunities out there. But something kind of magical has happened along the way. And if you're a fan of the show, you know that pretty much every guest, no matter their profession, has mentioned the importance of communication and people skills. So we decided we should probably take a deeper dive into how our students can develop these skills and present these skills in a way that makes them both desirable and hireable. And usually I interview one guest at a time, but for today's episode, I am so excited to have two brilliant minds sharing their thoughts. So allow me to introduce my guests. Today we have Julie Bacon, who is a serial entrepreneur and business owner and currently the president of JB Consulting Systems and Bacon Building and Maintenance. And we also have Kelly Reed, who is the chief of people operations for Freefly Systems, which is a drones and robotics company. How cool is that? And talent acquisition veteran with more than 30 years of experience in multiple global markets. Ladies, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks. Glad to be here. So glad to be here. I'm so excited we get to have this conversation. And I have to tell everybody who's listening that we kind of started this conversation before we started rolling, which is something I'm guilty of a lot. So I, I almost want to start there. So we were talking about this whole idea of communication skills what does that even really mean? And Julie brought up the great point of, well, there's lots of different kinds and types. And so we actually need to drill down a little bit into what are those different types? What does it mean? So can you share a little bit about what you were saying when we were talking earlier? Well, communication skills, it's, it's a lot like what is professional? What does it mean to be professional? People always say, I want somebody with good communication skills. But one of the things that we need to do when we're asking about that is to say, meaning this, this, and this, because it it could be different for every job or every company has different communication styles. We have something called emotional intelligence. Well, what is that? That's part of being having good communication skills, but still that doesn't give you any, any idea. So really defining what does it mean? This is a good conversation to be having. Yeah. I love that. Kelly, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm hearing that these kids are looking at college and and work in the future and they need to know how to apply that and communication skills for presentation, communication skills for conflict negotiation. They're going to be using all sorts of them as professionals and I'm hoping that we'll be talking about a lot of that today. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, I love that. Well, let's talk about that. What do you see the different types of communication skills being? How would you break that down? I mean, and you might see that differently, which is great. So Julie, what do you think? I think about it let's just say you're looking for a job. There are different types of communication skills that uh, recruiters are looking for. So our recruiters are looking right from the very beginning about how you communicate, which means how you send your resume, how your resume looks, how you ask questions in that initial email or on a phone call. So it could be just the basics of 
What do you sound like on the phone? Are you using just whatever the cool word is for the moment, or are you actually speaking to them? So it could be just start there in terms of communication is what does your resume look like? And then how you answer your phone when a a potential employer calls. What about a voicemail message? Or voicemail messages. That is one of the things that we tell people. Make sure your voicemail doesn't say, uh, I'll catch you later. You want to <laughs> you wanna say, you know, this is Julie. I'm sorry I can't take your call. Please leave me a message. I'll get back to you. Or something pretty basic. Right. So really what I'm hearing is that a lot of how we present ourselves happens before we even walk in the room. Absolutely. Like how do I write? Is my grammar accurate? Is my tone appropriate? Am I, you know, speaking mm-hmm. clearly? Yes. That's great. That's and so even some of that, like we said earlier, might change depending on the industry. There might be some industries that aren't specifically looking for someone to have like this certain tone in their voice. They might be looking for someone that has a fun and playful attitude. So you kind of have to, there's a happy medium somewhere in there that will help in that process. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Kelly, what do you think? I think confidence should lead no matter what. Professionalism comes in with that, how you speak, what you do. I think also there are a thousand ways to look this up online. If, if someone's challenged by what do I do and what's specific to this industry, they can, they can look that up. But there are also things that they can do individually. And I think that if they let their personality shine, that should be numero uno. Mm-hmm. Then the confidence. And then the professionalism. And another thing that I find, I'm doing this a long time, seems like we both mm-hmm. have. Yes. Always be polite and follow up with a thanks. And the reason is sometimes you play the long game. You may not be hired by this company right now. You may not have a relationship with that particular hiring person right now. But two years, things change. You can pick that up again when that happens. That's true. And employers, from my experience, employers have very, very long memories. Mm -hmm. And you never know, maybe one of our recruiters might be looking at your resume and think, I've talked to this person. I don't think they're right for this job. But I know we have this other job open quite a bit. So you want to leave them with that positive impression, which means... When you are going to do something and you say you're going to do something, do it. That's communication too. Follow up with an email. If they send you an email and they want a specific type of response, respond appropriately. And one of the things we see a lot right now is people responding in text language versus an actual written out. So don't use the abbreviations, LOL, you know, you you would, those types of things. You want to be careful, depending on the type of medium that they're using to talk with you, being very careful how you write an email back. Mm, I love that. And I really appreciate the following up with a thanks. And I really hope that my children are listening to this episode because I always make them write thank you cards and it's kind of going away. And I I think that's really true. You remember when someone has been kind, when you've had a positive interaction with someone and, and that is playing that long game. I think that's really great. We just had an experience hiring interns. We placed them for summer. We start in November. We're done now. It's closed. And we only chose three of a bank of maybe 20. So I had to send these rejection notes to 17 kids. 15 of them got back to me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And those are the ones we're going to talk to next November when we have another intern opening. Right. Yeah. It matters. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Thank you for saying that. I think yeah. that's such such good advice. So what do you think about, not just when a candidate's presenting themselves, these communication skills, it's become really clear, are important for the 
the job as well, right? So once they're in the door, let's talk about maybe the interview process. And then what do you see as being the communication skills needed in the workplace itself? Because those are all different things, mm-hmm. right? How we present as we're applying, how we present when we're interviewing, and then how we actually do this job in a way that showcases our amazing communication skills. <laughs> One of the things that just came up in my mind when you said that was being truthful. So when you go into the interview, be who you are and answer the questions, but listen and then answer the question that was asked. Make sure you, that you're really engaged. Like, that's that's uh, one of the big parts of it. But also when they ask if you can do something and you say yes, then make sure that you can do it. <laughs> if, 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 you, if you can't, but you're very interested, so, you know, I haven't had a chance to have experience with something like that, but it sounds really interesting and I'd be, I'd be really interested to learn more about that. So that when you do, if they say, okay, we'll hire this person, that you haven't set yourself up already for a bad experience by telling them you can do something that you can't. Right. And I love that because I've heard so many of my guests have said the desire to learn, the curiosity to grow, Mm -hmm. that that is way more important, actually, than already knowing how to do the thing. Mm -hmm. That they, they really appreciate people that are able to say, I don't know how to do that, but I want to learn how. So I love that that's okay to say in an interview. Like, yes. well, I haven't done that yet, but it's I... It's preferable. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And also don't take credit if you haven't completed. Don't say, I single-handedly cured cancer. There was no team involved in that. <laughs> yes. That was just you. So give credit where credit is due. And that shows already a team ethic before mm-hmm. you even get in the door. Mm. And be as honest as you can be, as stated. Don't lie on your resume. Don't lie in person. If you're applying for a larger corporation, their background checks are rigorous. They are going to find out. And that will not only damage your opportunities with that company, but word will spread. I love that. And I love what you said about how you can just showcase that you're a team player by simply acknowledging something you didn't do alone. Like, that's so amazing. So once we're in the door, we've got the job. What do you think are the communication skills that are needed to be successful in the workplace? I think you have to identify who you are before you can answer that question. Are you an individual contributor? Are you a team member? Are you a manager? Are you a lone wolf? Do you work better as a team member? It's going to impact the answer. But at the very basic respect Respect, respect, respect for yourself, your time, and theirs. Mm. And no matter what you do in business, that should be your calling card and the first thing you think of. I think one of those is also you're being respectful by if you set a meeting, showing up on time and getting the meeting started on time, answering questions, don't wait a long time. If somebody, a coworker has asked you a question, let's say by email, don't make them wait for a whole week before you answer. Even if you can't get to it right now because you're too busy, it's it's that courtesy of saying, I really want to answer this question thoroughly for you. Are you good waiting for another 24 hours? And Mm. so it's a, a different way of asking their permission because it is, it's easy at work to get really busy, but you should have some sort of a time frame of how quickly you're going to respond to emails. And I know in today's, everybody wants to answer an email right away. That is a whole other thing, whether or not you should do that. But set some boundaries as far as I'm not going to respond immediately, but then put it into the into your schedule and then respond when you say you're going to respond. Yeah, because even if you can't 
answer the question, the communication piece is still there. I'm still communicating yes. with you that I've seen your email. It's on my radar. <laughs> and that's communication. Right, absolutely. absolutely. Responsiveness is part of being yes. professional. Mm-hmm. It absolutely mm-hmm. is. Also, every single work setting has their own culture, has their own ethic, has their own tribal knowledge. And allow yourself time to adopt to that and, and learn that. Mm-hmm. Be a collaborator if you can be. Ask others, you know, I'm new here. How do we do this? Where's the water cooler? Who's the boss? I mean, sometimes they just throw you to the wolves. Some big companies, they're just, here you are, here's your desk. Okay. (laughs) So the more questions you ask, the more people will be endeared to you, and you'll be a team builder without even trying. Yes, and asking a question is not a weakness. It really is a strength that uh, I think a lot of people don't have, And they'll go off and do a project without asking the questions that were in their head, Mm. but they thought it would make them look weak. And so that is another part of it is to ask questions. And I think you will uh, get some favor with your coworkers when you first come in because people don't like it when somebody comes in and they think they're a know-it-all. Yeah. Well, and this age group is going to be new to working Mm -hmm. in general. And I think that the the effort to communicate with others directly as opposed to waiting your turn or or just being in the meeting and then leaving, have a voice, believe in yourself. Even if it's a minor contribution, you're starting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Let's talk about conflict in the workplace because communication skills are essential yes, when we are. have that come up, both between coworkers and then also if What if you need to communicate with your manager and you're not quite sure how to do that or that relationship has been affected? What are your thoughts on that kind of conflict communication? I think you need to follow the uh, line of leadership to the best of your ability. What is the hierarchy? But then also, if you've chosen a company where there's an open door policy, go to someone, whoever you need to speak to and ask them that question. If you haven't, chosen a job like that, absolutely start with your manager. Don't go over anyone's head. So be aware of the job setting before you get there. And a recruiter is a good place to start for that. You can ask, what is the culture like? Is it an open door policy? Will I have access to all the information? No? Okay. So maybe they're going to be a widget maker. I mean, a lot of people are flipping burgers at this age. What are the rules? Who do I talk to? Where do I find information if that person isn't available? So be as Self-sufficient as you can, but also admire and respect the the hierarchy of who to speak with when. What if you are practicing good communication skills Mm. and you're in a situation where a coworker or a manager is not? Yes. Then what? One of the things that I do when I'm talking to employees when there's issues, a lot of times they'll come to human resources and say, I have a problem. When possible, I always coach the employee to, and ask them, are you comfortable talking to your coworker first? If you're have, let's say you're having a problem with a coworker, there's something that they do that is irritating, and you are with your coworkers a lot of the day, so it is it, the conflict is going to arise. So I ask them, are you comfortable? And sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. Or I'll ask if they would you like some coaching on how to approach this. So whenever possible, talk to that coworker and say. I'm struggling a little bit. Do you mind if we take a little break or go have coffee and talk through some things? I know that sounds really difficult and a lot of people don't like conflict, but that is a good way to kind of break the ice rather than saying, I don't like what you're doing and we need to talk about it, but just, you know, can we go have coffee together? And I just feel uncomfortable about this situation and I just want to 
see how we can work this out. I always ask people first, have you talked to the person? They don't always have to do it. But then I definitely agree uh, regarding don't go over their heads of the manager. If you're having a problem, you can't work it out with your coworker, then you got you go to the manager, your manager and say, I'm having an issue. This is what I've done so far. Can you help me out here? That's a good starting point. And I think communication with conflict negotiation in the workplace is just like with any human anywhere. Listen. Listen yes. first. Identify what the problem is. Allow them to share their experience, share their potential solutions. You can go back and forth about if that's going to work. If they maybe have some other ideas or you do, you can share them. But they need an opportunity to air their thoughts before they can formulate anything from that. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about active listening for a second, because I think we think communication is always outward and great communication is often silence, right? It's the ability to just really listen. My father-in-law is amazing at this. He, He really pauses before he speaks. So you could say something and he takes a pause. And I think that there's something so wonderful. He wasn't formulating his own thought. He was really listening, and then he formulated his thought, mm-hmm. and then he spoke. So what are your thoughts on active listening? What are uh, maybe suggestions you have or techniques that you teach people on how to be good, active listeners? Repeat what you think you heard. Mm. You said X, Y, Z. I heard A, B, C. That's not what they shared at all. Mm-hmm. Or you said such and such. I think a solution would be A, B, C, and they can then come up with something else. Give them that chance. So would you say, like, I'm hearing you say? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. What I think I heard. What I think I yeah. heard is. Here's what I think I heard. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> okay. And that lets them off the hook. Mm-hmm. If they made a mistake or you did, then you're back to square one and you can start fresh and it's fine rather than, well, that's never going to work, which doesn't forward the conversation at all. Right. I think that is also when you're in meetings or when you're having a discussion group or it's supposed to be a collaborative group working on a project, people use poor communication skills or emotional intelligence, I like to say, is when they immediately say no to whatever you say. It's just not going to work. That doesn't work. We did that before. It just let's listen to what somebody has to say and let's process that. And if we're not ready to discuss it, let's get back to that. I want to get back to that. I want to hear what that you had to say again. But right now I need, let's talk a little bit more about this particular idea. Instead of, I always try to tell people there's no bad ideas. It's no stupid questions. If you need to ask a question, ask the question. And and the same thing with, you may have a really good idea. And so have the confidence to say what your idea is. But if somebody shoots you down, then you can always take a pause and see how uh, if there's a different way to frame your idea. Hmm, I love that. What about if we have a student who's listening who's really shy and is listening to this and is like, oh, no. <laughs> I, I'm terrified to communicate. Have them write it down first. Hmm. Absolutely. Have something in hand so that they're not just terrified. And most of the time in management, if you arrive with a problem, you should also arrive with a solution. Yes. Don't just say, this isn't working. Say, this isn't working, and here's something I think could. If you present only the problem, then that's one more thing on your manager's list. And if your manager does shoot you down, and he says, look, we just don't have the money for that this year, or we haven't built the team for that, or we're not looking at that vendor, or whatever the answer is, absorb that and make it part of your future solution. It's not a no forever, it's a no for now. And a lot of people don't hear that. They hear no forever. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess that's just never going to work. Well, it could. Give it time. 
come up with some other details to support that, but don't just show up with a problem. That shows very little initiative and yes. your manager will take note. Hmm. That is a, a question I always ask my team if they come to me with uh, something. Well, they all know now not to come to me with a problem without a couple <laughs> solutions. But I like to say, come to me and tell me what you've done so far to solve it. Because that's the first thing I'm going to ask you. Okay, that's the problem. What have you done so far? And then the next thing is, well, what do you think? Because I might have an idea, but quite frankly, a lot of them have a better idea because they're in they're in it. They're exp they experienced it, and they just don't have the confidence to say, well, I think we should do this. So I want to put it back in their court and say, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's go with it. And they kind of stop and look at me like, that's it? Yep, that's it. Go. And you can ask them, what is the process? Yeah. I'm new. Right. I haven't been told, you know, whatever they need yes. to say to help the manager understand, oh, we missed some training here. Mm -hmm. Let me help you. Um, and hopefully that will be their response. Sometimes it's just get back to work, but that's not going to happen. Not with these bright kids. Hi, everyone. Okay, that was part one. Be sure to get the rest of this conversation on part two. You don't want to miss it. We hope you'll join us again and remember to hit subscribe to be notified about upcoming episodes. Join the conversation on our Facebook page, Build Skills for Life. That's Build Skills, the number four, and then the word life. Are you interested in advertising as a sponsor for this podcast? Contact us at podcast at nsdfoundation.org. To learn more about the North Shore Schools Foundation, visit us at northshoreschoolsfoundation.org. Thanks for listening.